Welcome to another episode of Life After AI. Uh, I believe this is episode eight. We're going to talk a little bit about um, a recent development called AutoGPT and try to discuss like the autonomous agents that are starting to form. We're going to talk about um, a kind of simulation that was done that shows that we might be in a simulation. And we're about an Elon interview with Tucker, among maybe some other topics. Um, so yeah, you want to want to lead us in to Auto GPT? Yeah, um, I mean, kick it off with these autonomous agents. Um, we kind of had like a lull period in AI, and I say that lightly because it was like maybe two weeks or so that like nothing major happened, and then on that third week. Um, auto GPT or just aut autonomous AI agents in general kind of took the internet by storm again. So um, to give some background on what exactly these things are, they're basically auto GPT is like this program that uh, is basically designed where you give it a specific task and it will, it will run recursively in a loop to basically take that task think about what it needs to do to accomplish that task and break it into a bunch of different sub steps and then go through these sub steps one by one in order to actually accomplish the steps. Uh, and basically it's like a autonomous agent in general is designed um, like at the top to basically break this down and then it will spawn, I guess, smaller or like sub agents that are basically like so for each task it'll have a sub agent that is designed to operate on that task um and what i find this like super profound i guess like i don't know if you remember but like a couple episodes ago um we kind of talked about like prerequisites for for agi and i i said like the two the two main things that i think would need to happen for us to get really close to to agi would be like one it has the ability to like um, reflect on itself and continuously improve, which AutoGPT kind of checks that box. Um, and then two would be some form of like long-term memory, um, which right now ChatGPT doesn't really have that. It's basically just limited to whatever your current conversation is. And then after that, it's kind of done. Um, but there's already been some implications added for AutoGPT that allow it to basically store everything that it ever comes across um, into some sort of database and that kind of serves as like it's it's long-term memory or whatever but i think there's a lot of like really interesting uh implications that would come of of this um i guess we can kind of dive in dive into some but like, what what were your initial thoughts when when seeing something like this just that uh we now seem a whole heck of a lot closer to agi um before it was like okay yeah like 10 20 however many years but now it's like is this thing coming out like later this year uh <laughs> right i don't know it just seems like a huge advancement I, it was just something i hadn't even really like conceptualized uh, i guess mm -hmm. um, up to this point so so yeah pretty shocking um well one thing you said it could like a prerequisite for agi was improving upon itself and you said that auto GPT can do that. Is that what you meant? Or was it like, did you mean it can just like solve problems on its own? I think those are two different things. 
Right. It can, at, at, as of now, it can just solve problems on its own. I wouldn't say it can, like, I wouldn't broadly say it can improve itself. Um, I think there's a whole you, lot that needs to happen. Sorry, go what ahead. if you prompt it to improve itself? Is that improving itself? <laughs> you, know, right. you get the question? <laughs> I do. Like, theoretically, you could make it aware of all of the code that it was built on and then give it the ability to write its own code and then like iterate on itself. Um, theoretically, yes, that's, I guess, I guess possible. Um, but I think like the issue with that right now is still the, the context window for, for prompts is pretty limited. Um, but still like you can't, you couldn't just copy and paste in like a hundred thousand lines of code and say like, go through all of this code and do whatever is the, the prompt window is just not big enough for that yet. Um, but we'll get to that point. Like with GPT-4, they have the new upgraded context window size, which I don't think is publicly available yet still. But when that happens, you're going to see a lot more interesting things, I guess, come from that. Because then, you know, I think the the context, the context window, the new one is like 32,000 tokens, which is basically like, 50 pages worth of text. I don't quite know how many words that is or how many lines of code that is, but I mean, 50 pages of text, that's quite a bit. So that's like, you could you could write a pretty substantial program within 50 pages of text and then give it the ability to go through all of its code and like recursively improve itself. Um, so we're definitely getting there. Um, a, lot, a lot of cool things too that have come from it is basically like, giving it the ability to to browse the internet um that was kind of another i guess prerequisite for agi that you could you could throw in just having the ability to freely go on the internet and navigate where it needs to go and learn what it needs to learn um that's already coming from these autonomous agents um so yeah people are already like just building up different tools that you can integrate with them to give them the ability to do whatever needs to be done yeah um I think, I mean, obviously before, like the, um, the amount of building that was going to be done with this technology was going to be insane, but yeah, with this auto GPT, I think it's just going to go through the roof and then it's going to go through like the next roof. And, um, I don't know. I, so I think while I'm excited about this idea of building personally, like, like before I've been interested in AI just cause it's interesting, but now I kind of have spot my own idea and now it's like oh okay now i get it like now mm -hmm. i understand the hype about ai and so it's exciting but like from my perspective i don't know shit about building stuff on the internet and mm -hmm. so i there's already a lot to learn and then i mean i just feel like it's gonna be like i'll catch up another whole thing to learn about and whatever kind of right but i kind of think like as ai gets more and more advanced there's actually less that you would need to learn because it, it can just do do it for you you know like in the in the application of like building a business or really any kind of like software i guess um there's gonna come a time where you can just spawn up a couple different um ai agents give them their own tasks and then just press start and let them go do their thing and then however long it takes it takes if they come back with you know either a fully built web app that is designed exactly how you want it to and that functions perfectly or maybe it's 
know, draft up a research report over this, this specific market and come up with advertising strategies for me. I mean, literally you can just, eventually you could have it do pretty much anything that you want it to. Um, and you don't, you don't have to do all that research yourself. So like the barrier of entry for, for businesses is just going to dramatically go down and not more, I guess more broadly speaking, just like the people often in AI, they refer to like the cost of intelligence. Like what does it require to like learn all these new things? It's basically going to zero because you're going to have this AI friend or component or whatever that you can use to have it tell you anything you need to know, do anything that you need to do. Um, so it'll be pretty interesting to see what comes from this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy to think about just because for like all of humanity, humanity's history, the, the concept of building is typically really hard. You know, it's the idea is that just destroying something is easy. Uh, building something is hard, but now it's like building might be just as easy, <laughs> which is right. Mind blowing, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing too, I mean, I think it's good to talk about both positives and negatives that could come about from this, but there's inevitably going to be autonomous agents that are spun up to, to cause harm. Um, like it's just, it's going to happen, you know, whether it's hack into whatever and cause as much destruction as you can. Like there's so many things that, that could come from this. I mean, like I, I saw some example on Twitter the other day, like someone giving a, it, not that it actually did this, but just someone was posing an example, but like, um, hacking into like some sort of airport mainframe and just like causing absolute mayhem with, with flights or something. I mean, there's so many bad things that can come from this. And I would be inclined to say that like our current tech infrastructure won't be able to like, like what, what's going to go faster, the, the rate of improvement of AI or like how fast can we drastically improve security on the internet because i would argue that ai is going to move way faster and like what can we do to stop that like i, I don't know so okay so uh, i don't know if we talked about it last time but i read an article by tyler cohen and he talked about this idea of like you know the comfort and stability we've experienced generally speaking within like the last 60 years here in the u.s um it's kind of like he said it's isolated us from history in the sense that for forever until this time period like hum, humans have just dealt with like inherent danger if i finish it's been there hasn't been that security blanket that maybe we feel today i know i certainly feel it. like it's like when you go to a movie and you watch good guys fight bad guys and you're like, damn that's crazy like i couldn't even that's exciting and it's also nothing like the world i live in it's yeah. i think that's where we're going I'm not arguing we should go there. I think, I think you mean back just to inevitable. the chaos and danger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not arguing we should go there. I just think it's inevitably where we have to go. And while it's scary, I think it's just like, that's how it works. And that's more how life traditionally has been. And also mm -hmm. this could be, I mean, it's also kind of exciting. I mean, it's not if something 
that happens to me. Um, but it's just, mm -hmm. we're just going into this like era of adventure and tragedy and whatever, but yeah, I don't know. No, I guess it's going that. to be interesting for sure. A hundred percent. Um, but I think like on the flip side, I could see some sort of like battle of AIs basically. Like you have the AIs that are created to cause harm and create destruction. And then you have AIs that are created to like specifically to prevent that stuff from happening. Yeah. Um, what that kind of war looks like, I have no idea. Maybe it just goes on in the background and we don't even think about it. But um, I do think just the, uh, as the pace, as the, like, the pace of innovation increases, there's going to be like the, just the spectrum of like good and bad outcomes is just going to grow on each end. Like there's going to be a lot of really good things that come from it, but there's also probably going to be a lot of bad that comes from it. Uh, and I'm still in the camp of like the good is going to definitely outweigh the bad, but I just think there's, we're, we're definitely in for, for some chaos over the next several years or decades even. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, um, so it was the all in podcast episode, I don't know what number, but they just, they talked about, you know, should we regulate, should we not regulate AI and, um, but, um, there was certainly one good argument for why we should regulate it, but I just think it, the cost of regulation with, which we've talked about before is that it's not a guarantee the rest of the world is going to regulate their AI. Um, and so we regulate ours and we become susceptible to be destroyed and, uh, or whatever else by theirs. And so either way it's, it's chaos. So we might as well take the path of where we have a fighting chance. Yeah, I agree. And I think while I do think there needs to be at least some level of regulation, I don't know what that looks like and I'm not confident in our government's ability to do that in like an effective way. I mean, if there's anything that we've seen, what happens from regulation, or at least I won't say this as a blanket statement, but more often than not, regulation just like drastically slows um, the advancement of whatever it may be. Uh, and in the case of AI, that is like a very dangerous game to play. Like I don't, especially when you have other countries involved, like you mentioned that like, I think we need to stay ahead of the game at all costs because there's way more harm that could come from other countries being ahead of us that might not have the same values that we do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I still think there, sh there should be some level of, of regulation, but um, remember that all in podcast, they kind of talked about it too. Like you can't sell, like we have the FDA for a very specific reason. Like you can't sell food or create drugs and just put them out there for anyone to use you have to go through this regulatory process to get it approved before you can do that um same for if you want to build rockets and shoot them up into space like there you have i think the faa or something like you can't just can't just do that you know um so they're kind of posing the argument that you shouldn't be able to just put AI out there for anyone and everyone to use without having to go through some specific steps beforehand um, and like broadly speaking, I agree with that, but I just, I don't know if that's a feasible task to do. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, it was mentioned like that process becomes susceptible to political bias and just those who are politically connected are going to 
be able to push their products through and those who aren't, well, they'll be stuck in mud. Another idea that yeah. they talked about was um, self-regulation. And when they talked about it on All In, you know, it was in the context of like, you know, those developing their own products, like have their own like safety uh, safety teams and, and they'll do their best to regulate their own products. And, um, but, but I think you can look at that as in another context as well. Like you're seeing self-regulation within the market as a whole already with, uh, Elon's announcement of truth GPT. So you have open AI and chat GPT, you know, set on this side with its values or, or um, yeah, values, I guess. And then, and then you're going to have true GPT over here with its values. And I mean, those are going to inherit be inherently different objects and, um, and, you know, but I think going down this path, um, kind of sets it up where maybe they'll, like we said, kind of like fight it out on their own. Um, but <laughs> that's a weird concept, but yeah. And, and maybe that's not a bad path. Yeah. And maybe it might just have to come down to just like putting a little bit of faith and humanity to just not go too far with this. You know, like I just, I'm not sure. I, I think like it's safe to say that humans are pretty bad at like predicting exponential improvement. Like, and that like, it's just, it's impossible to, to know what's going to come from um like a, an s curve of improvement like that um and so how do you make some sort of regulatory body that can that knows the exact values of what needs to be done and what doesn't i just i don't think that's like a feasible thing and so we might just have to i mean i think at least the people that are at leading the helm of building ai ai right now they have like very good intentions in mind they're fully aware of the dangers and they're doing what they can to you know, make sure they're building something very safe, but there's always going to be the bad actors. So I think maybe as long as we have the good actors ahead of everyone else, that should set us up for having the best chances of, of success with this, because then, you know, let's say open AI or even Elon for the sake of the example, like they are the ones that come to creating an AGI first, whatever that may look like, then we can kind of utilize that agi to kind of play defense on all the other bad actors that are creating programs to, to cause harm or do whatever um so um for sure speaking of elon do you you mentioned um you brought up some valid concerns that are um, applicable to today's world and that took your interview mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of like the AI danger talk has kind of gotten lost on this whole scenario of like just humanity ending, basically. Um, and while that is some a threat to like some extent, like there's a lot, there's probably way more pressing issues that we could be talking about now that are in, more feasible within the near term. Um, and that's kind of what Elon was doing on this uh, Tucker, Tucker, Tucker Carlson interview. Um, he thinks that within the very near term, whatever that may be, it could be, you know, the next several months or maybe a year or two that what's a pretty realistic scenario of happening is basically AI being used to just manipulate public opinion. So maybe it's 
maybe it's foreign governments, maybe it's our own government, who knows, but the, the option is there for these entities to basically utilize AI, ingest a ton of different data on the internet from social media or whatever, and basically train their own models that are designed to just sway public opinion in whichever way they want. So maybe it's to, um, have a certain election outcome. Maybe it's to get whatever it may be, who knows, but I mean, we've already kind of seen our government do this with all of the stuff that um, Twitter has put out over the past several months with the Twitter files. Like, this is not something that they are morally against. They actively have done this and probably still do to some extent. So we shouldn't put it past them to also, and that, I'm not just speaking for US, like it, this would probably be the case globally, but like the scenario is very real of them creating AIs to, uh, put information out there that's specifically designed to just sway public opinion or, or human opinion in wh whichever way they want to. Um, do you, do you kind of see that being like a, a realistic threat? Yeah, definitely. Um, but, um, so he was proposing that's why we need to slow down AI. He didn't specifically say in this interview that that's why we need to slow down. He just said he's been saying for the past decade that we need to be extremely cautious and do some sort of regulation in order to help prevent this. Um, yeah, my just my initial reaction is like, that's just a problem to respond to. Um, I, I just don't know how you counter it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the the main thing would just be human verification is going to be more and more important. Um, especially as, I mean, our world is extremely digital now and it's just going to become increasingly more digital the amount of time that we spend online. And so being able to verify that whoever's writing that tweet or sending you that text, whatever, that they are 100% a human being, that's going to be like, crazy vital um, yeah and uh so like you want to talk about i'm aware of some of them but i mean you know a little bit about what twitter is doing doing kind of help that along i mean i know like you gotta pay the eight bucks now and whatever else um, but is there is there more there, there's stuff they're doing on the back end to just like security wise to prevent bots from signing up um just making it harder um basically just like a increasing the the barrier of entry for someone to spin up a bunch of bots and and um get them posting stuff on twitter um but also yeah the the verification with like having the pay eight dollars a month and verify your identity and stuff like that um i think it will just kind of become inevitable that regardless of whether you're paying or not but any kind of social media platform you're in order to use it and engage with it properly, you're just going to have to submit your identification. Like, I don't really see any other way around that in the future. Maybe it's not your ID. Maybe we come up with some new form of like digital online passport that verifies your identity. I don't know, but mm. I just kind of see that being, being inevitable. I guess. So that kind of brings it to the debate, which I haven't seen in a while, at least on Twitter. But at one point I know like, Jordan Peterson and maybe a couple other people were were arguing pretty strongly about whether you know you should be allowed to be remain anonymous on Twitter or not. And I guess I have two. I mean, I just see both sides. Like, 
I know like in one of my English classes, we're kind of doing this like public rhetoric thing and it's, it's interesting to say the least, but they're putting out all this information and they're just kind of hiding behind the US, the USI logo, like, uh, keeping their identities protected. Um, I just don't know how, I just, I don't think that's good. Like in this context, you should, you're putting out some information and whatever you should, I just think there's something about standing by what you say, like, um, but then on the other hand, you know, obviously there are certain circumstances where if you have a certain opinion and you say it and you're screwed. So, and it's nice to have that in it anonymity so right I, I agree with that but i i personally find it more dangerous to where we've kind of become accustomed to being able to say whatever we want to say and not have to face the repercussions of those statements because you're doing it behind some false identity on the internet you know uh, i i think yeah i think my final conclusion on it at the time well not final but my conclusion on it at the time was like i understand the value of being anonymous, but I'd say we were, we're at a point in society where like, it's kind of the time to stand up and like, say what you mean um, and mm -hmm. have your name by it. Cause we're, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I, I do see there's, there's some values that can come from not having to, you know, put your full identity out there on the internet, but with just the way AI is heading and the the dangers that could come from, you know, having certain social platforms controlled majority by like just a bunch of bots, a bunch of people that you don't know or whether they're real or not. Um, yeah, that, there's a lot that could happen with that. And two, like with everything that's that's happening as far as like this digital content creation with AI, like it's not hard for people to make deep fake videos now um we have the ai technology to basically create any kind of voice that you want like it's going it's literally just going to become increasingly more difficult over time to know even if you're on a facetime like you aren't it, it could still be hard to know if that person's actually real or not you know mm -hmm. um uh this is a perfect place to throw in that drake song oh right yeah <laughs> um so over the, I guess it was last week or something, this anonymous um, producer, I think he goes by Ghostwriter or something, put out um, a song by, or that, that sounds exactly like The Weeknd and Drake. Um, if you had just sent me that song and, say, and said, like, Drake just dropped this new song and I listened to it, like, I would not know the difference. There's, there's no way to know. It sounds exactly like Drake. Um, the weekend voice is also like very, very similar. Um, and yeah, I kind of just took the, it took Twitter by storm. And I think now like how, what does this mean for artists? You know, like if you can use a voice, like if you can just like sing a song very poorly, just like a normal person with no skills whatsoever, you just sing that song and then like dub the voice with whatever artist you want and then have AI like, clean up all the music and vocals and stuff for you like what does this mean for for artists you know yeah i don't know i don't know 
<laughs> I wonder what Drake's reaction was uh, to it was. I wonder if he was right. like, oh, that's sick, or like, shit, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. And the, the same the same could be said for for movies or TV shows. I mean, they, they kind of talked about this on the All In podcast too, but man, it's just, it's just crazy to think that you're never, like we will reach a time where you're you're never going to know if what you're watching or listening to was actually made by people or all AI. And maybe, maybe we won't even care. Um, like it just might become the new norm, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, too, I mean, I wonder if, you know, I mean, there's probably like forms of entertainment we haven't conceptualized yet. Mm -hmm. So give it like a week, it'll probably show up. But, um, yeah. Right. So they, I know they were talking on, again, on all in that seriously, that was a, I don't know if you can tell by the amount of times we've mentioned it in this episode, but that was a fantastic guess. So what, mm -hmm. um, I wonder what episode it was. I guess it doesn't matter. Just, yeah. it was like 200 or something, but for anyone watching, if you haven't seen the all in podcast, stuff, like definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they talked about how like, you know, a, a writer could create a story and then just within that story, like each consumer of it could kind of have their own individual experience within that world and, and with those characters. Mm -hmm. and that sounds freaking sweet. <laughs> yeah. I think the same is likely inevitable for, I mean, not just music, but also uh, movies, TV shows, video games. Like you're just, mm -hmm. I really like this concept of just like on like an infinite video game. Like it's, it, it's, designed around some broad story or environment or whatever and then based on all the actions you take within the game like the story changes and adapts and theoretically it just kind of goes on forever you know like right now the, the the games that we play or the movies that we watch they're condensed to however whatever the time frame it might be eventually that we can just play games that last forever and like they just generate themselves as you move along and i actually find that like super fascinating i think that'd be That'd be pretty incredible. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be sweet. And it might be the same for, for music too. Like maybe this whole concept that we have right now of like, we have our favorite artists and they like are, I guess, manually making their music. I mean, there's a lot to be said for the artistry behind that, but realistically, like 30, 40 years from now, we might not care about that anymore. We just want to listen to whatever we enjoy the most and we don't care if it's who is by whether computer generated it or not like maybe we just have the like spotify is just like completely ran by autonomous agents that just like create music on the fly based on whatever your listening preferences are you know yeah that's it's gonna be weird it's gonna be weird to see like what happens to the value of human created stuff um, uh, it's just hard to even it's honestly just hard to even think about yeah for sure um, one thing too that I wanted to go back on before we move on to the other topics was kind of going back to like the AI agents and stuff um, this paper was posted where this this research lab created like 25 different AI agents and gave them 
each their own individual like character traits and motivations and also their own like individual memory and then put them all into uh, a simulated town uh, so just like a very basic like pixel game basically um, and then just observe them and saw you know what they did what their interactions were like with each other how their how their conversations went um that freaked me out i'm I'm not gonna lie because i've always i've always found like the simulation theory very interesting and a lot of people like will kind of dismiss it and just be like why would anyone like want to make a, a simulation uh and just like watch what people do like are, are we like humans are, are pretty boring like why would we ever do that and like we're already at the stage of ai where we're making simulations so i mean mm-hmm. granted they're very like rudimentary where they're at right now but I mean, give it another 20, 30 years and like we could be making simulations that are just as complex as like what we current, like our current reality, you know? Um, that hearing about that kind of made me realize like how similar a life is to, uh, I guess, yeah, like a computer program or something. Um, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, the one thing that I thought of was like, you know how like a computer can get a virus. Uh, well, like it's like civilizations can get viruses, whatever it may be. But you know you can have a civilization like running just fine, and then, then yeah, just for like memory's sake, it goes crazy or like a person or, uh, yeah. But yeah, life definitely seems like it could be a, a simulation, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, and I'll I'll. Well, all the stuff that we're referencing, we should probably like put in the description of this video so everyone kind of take a look at it if they want to. But um, yeah, that seeing that just kind of, that really freaked me out. I mean, they like ended up having like, they ended up throwing like a Valentine's Day party together and like just unprompted, like just did. And then they, they, they kind of like reviewed all of their, all of the actions and kind of rated them. And they said that the actions were rated more human than just normal humans like role playing. Uh, take that how you want to. I don't know yeah, how exactly that, they would have. What does I don't that, know how they would have like. Yeah, I don't know how they would have like scored that exactly. Um, but yeah, they. The whole paper has a. I haven't dove into all of it, but it has a lot of interest, interesting stuff. Or just about the interactions that they had with each other and like how like what emotions that they felt and granted they're they're simulated emotions but still like we're getting we're we're definitely at the the era of ai where things are just getting like really weird yeah so um something i've been thinking about is like you know how we seem to be naturally really incentivized to build like there's something about Mm -hmm. it that just is like crack when you're doing it that kind of plays into the simulation theory. Like, okay, <laughs> we're going down. We're going down the rabbit hole. So no. let's say let's say somebody like created us. Okay. Well, obviously, okay. There's like two reasons they would have created us. A for their own entertainment, which that would be kind of messed up in my opinion. They could have made the world a whole lot less less chaotic. Who they were? They're trying to like figure something out trying to like have us mm-hmm. solve a problem and that's where the building comes in the the natural incentives for building comes in because like yeah those are my two theories for, for what i'm here 
So it's like, it's our programmed motivation, basically, to just advance humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just yeah. the idea that we can't really, like, sit still. We're always right. either, uh, we're always just generally getting better. That's really weird. Yeah. No other just animal kind of really does that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's just kind of innate in us, I guess, to to do that. Um, man, we can't go too too far down the simulation rabbit hole on this. Maybe, maybe for another episode, but um, yeah, I I just I kind of find that whole area like really really interesting, and I'd, I'd like to. It'll be cool to see like what comes about of um, like as AI gets more advanced and we can. Like we're getting to the point where we can create these really advanced video games too that are like getting to the point where they're almost like the environments are like very, very close to to reality. Um we could eventually put in like like the time will come where we can simulate something like extremely similar to, to Earth, for example. Um and yeah, I, I get too far too far down the th- that for, for now. Um what uh oh you had a topic that you wanted to talk about um the taxation for ai labor yeah uh so again tyler cohen uh he put out an article today i was just talking um how we should or could go about taxing ai labor um let's see here the concept, as you kind of mentioned when you first saw it, is weird. Uh, and it would also be, as Tyler points out, hard to figure out who to tax because agents can make agents. And I guess his concern seems to be that um, it'd be hard to track the AI labor back to the human labor. Um, yeah. So, to be fair, I haven't really read it all that much. Uh, but, again... And I don't know if we mentioned this in the episode or if it was before the episode, but um, it's just kind of this idea that like AI seems to be progressing faster than what the government can comprehend. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we're talking about regulation or with taxes, and I mean, have you like have you seen? Yeah, have you seen any government remarks on on AI at all? I mean, I've seen like the most that I've seen, I think like from the Biden Twitter account, he just put out some vague statement saying like AI can do a lot of good for humanity, but there could also be lots of dangers that come from it. We need proper oversight or something like that. And like, yeah, but like, as there, there was no like actions coming from that, you know, um, so no, I haven't seen anything like of legitimacy where they're actually saying like, okay, like actually exploring ideas of what could be done. Um, maybe there's some out there. I don't know, but I haven't seen anything like actually solid, you know? Yeah. And so there's two areas where I feel AI is, I feel AI is going to affect, but it hasn't like got there yet. And that's education and politics. Um, and I, in regards to education, like I'm, I'm just getting to this point where it's like, I think 
much like music, much like um, AutoGPT, like it's going to be this thing that we we haven't even, like school is going to look like this thing and we haven't even conceptualized yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the same thing in terms of politics. What that, yeah, it, I mean, obviously, like, I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, but it's uh, it's weird to me that nobody's freaking out about this. Who's a politician? Because, I mean, maybe this is a jump, but like, I just, I think it has the potential to like shake the whole foundation, everything we know. That's a very dramatic statement, but um, I just, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. I agree with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of big names in the AI space kind of thinking like AI will likely be more profound than like our discovery of fire or something, you know, like think about everything that, that stemmed from, from that, like this, uh, like one thing kind of comes to mind, like we, and we kind of talked about this, um, off the, off the pod, but like, I just, I don't really see any outcomes where there's things that we actually are going to have to do and work for like way down the line, you know, like, what are we, what are we going to have to do as humans when all of our basic necessities are taken care of because of AI? Um, like, is there, is there, is there still going to be some sort of incentive to, to build companies, to do work, to make money? Like, I don't, I can't really conceptualize why there would be, you know, like, so this is really far down the line, obviously. So to me, like that kind of, brings in an interesting economic question. So a lot of turmoil throughout history has been caused by the poor wanting what the rich have and the rich wanting to keep the poor from getting what they have. Like if we're all just guaranteed, uh, yeah, if we're all just guaranteed whatever we want, maybe that allows everybody to cool off. But then what happens when we get bored? What will, yeah, which is... uh, yeah, what happens then? Yeah, I don't know. I, there, there will definitely be something. I, just, I don't know what. Like, if everyone's just suddenly on this level playing field where everyone has, you know, housing, they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about food. They don't have to worry about transportation. As humans, we still want nice things. At least a majority of humans. Like, we still want the bigger house. We still want the nicer car. We still want it's the, the fancier food. It's the hierarchy. So you know, if you if you listen to Jordan Peterson, he'll talk about how archaic archaic how long hierarchies have been a part of human history. We share it with uh going back with our to our ancestors, the the lobsters. The uh, lobsters like like humans have been organized within hierarchies for millions of years. And it's just Mm -hmm. part of us. Some of us have to be higher than others and so on and so forth. So as that economic hierarchy maybe disappears, that's just going to be like super weird. And I think what will happen first is like, obviously it's probably not going to be this like peaceful transition. I I mean, I think we're going to really start to see those as the implications of AI become clearer and clearer. Like the way I just thought of AI yesterday, like blew my mind. And I just saw all these possibilities. And I think that's going to like slowly happen to each and every one of us. And as more and more of the elite or whoever 
start to have that, I think you're going to start to, I would guess, start to see some some power plays from them and, and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, it's kind of what I talked about earlier. Like, I think things are going to get spicy. This definitely, there's bad stuff that's going to happen. But for some reason, at this moment, I'm excited about it. Not the bad stuff. It's just going to be an adventure, right. I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely interesting to just think about, like, really stretch far into the future and try and think about what this might look like. Because I do kind of agree with that statement of, like, AI being the most profound thing that humanity will ever come up with. Uh, like, I don't know what comes after that. What comes after AGI? Like nothing. Like anything that comes beyond that isn't going to come from human innovation. It's coming from the beings that are now way more intelligent um, and more efficient than us. So I mean, that's kind of that quote that we have like on our on our um, our Twitter banner for the podcast. It's like um, AI is the the last invention that humanity will ever need to make, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to agree with that, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I get literally my, my mood on AI changes like several times per day. Like I'll have these certain thoughts. I'm like, wow, this is so exciting. And then I have other thoughts like the next hour that it's like, wait, <laughs> there's so many things that can go wrong with this. And this could be really bad. And then like the next day I'm back to the, to the positive side. So, I mean, what I find the most interesting is I still feel like there's people like the vast majority of people do not even like this is not even a thought in their head like they don't really see any of this stuff happening like yeah people have heard of chat gpt some people use it but a lot of people that i speak with that aren't like super involved and just like keeping up with with tech or whatever they're just like what am i going to use chat gpt for like they're, there's, they they aren't worried about their jobs. They aren't worried about what the future is going to look like with AI. Um, I had that. So I'm kind of curious, like, what? I, I had that realization a little bit yesterday. I was um, sorry, caddy in the summer at a golf course, and um, there was just a big work group that came out, and it seemed like a lot of them were kind of mid, mid-level managers or whatnot. And I, then I don't know what they do, and I don't know if it's at risk. I would assume it's at risk from AI, but I don't know if it's of immediate concern or not. But, but yeah, I was just like sitting there wondering. I was like, are you guys like freaking out about this? Do you even know what's going on? I, for some reason, personally, as like a person who's going to become a teacher, like I feel a little bit protected from all this. But even I'm like looking like, all right, how can I kind of get ahead or figure out my own little path here? But if if I was in business, and not a creator of some sort like I'd be like, all right, what can I do to A, I'd be freaking out, B, I'd be working my ass off to figure out something that gives me value. Um Yeah. No, I a hundred percent. Because I'm I'm more on like the, the entrepreneurial side, I guess. And when I I remember very distinctly like seeing Chat GPT and what its capabilities were, it's like I anything that I was like working on at the time or like any sort of like business aspirations that I thought I might want to go down, they all just kind of vanished instantly. And I'm like, this is where 
I need to be working. Like this is where I want to be involved in, you know? Um, but yeah, it still just, it just still just blows my mind that like a lot of majority of people are just completely oblivious to what's happening or what's about to happen. Um, and I don't, that's not, that's not a good thing. Like, I don't think it's, it's not good for this kind of technology to just sneak up on you and be like, cause then at that point, like you're so far behind, you know? Um, yeah. And at the rate things are going, it's, it's going to take a lot of effort to stay up on this stuff. But I mean, as you mentioned, theoretically, also the more it innovates, the easier it'll be. So weird stuff. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Um, that's why I thought like, other... well, just as a personal note, like going into this podcast, I just sprint. There's just so many things to, to, to keep up with and, uh, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But I, it is, it is, it's definitely very like overwhelming, but I mean, that's kind of like the reason we wanted to do this podcast to begin with was just, you know, it, it kind of forces up, forces us to some extent to keep up with everything that's going on. And like, it's also just like really fun to, to talk about and like pose a bunch of different ideas and outcomes of what could, what could come from this. Uh, so yeah, was there, were there any other topics that you, that you had? Uh, should we just wrap up here? I'll look real quick, but I don't, I don't think so. I saw like a, a startup from together. It says this tweet from Pete, non, at non-mayor Pete. I'm assuming big followers. Well, anyway, there, he announced some LLM. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It looks a little janky. I, that could be the worst take in the world if this thing takes off. But of it, <laughs> at this moment, it seems janky. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's worth. No, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to keep up with that because I. There's really like there's there's been some, some models that have that have come out over the past like couple months or so, but nothing that even comes close to like, GPT four or anything like. That. Um, yeah, we still have. Nothing coming from Apple AI wise. I mean, hopefully something they start getting on the ball here soon. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Facebook has been putting out some stuff. Um, they have their their own LLM that they put out, but it's also it's like pretty gated, which I thought was interesting. Like they, they it's it's technically open source, but you have to. <laughs> be an approved researcher or something to actually get access to it and use it. So it's, so it's the same thing as open AI. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. (laughs) Um, cool. Yeah. And, but yeah, um, I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up there and then we'll, we'll be back next week with whatever the, the latest news is.